Welcome to Mavuno Church online service. My name is Pastor M and I'm so, so glad to see you wherever in the world you're watching from, whatever time it is where you are, whether you're at home, whether you're in the office, whether you're on the road, whether you're watching from hospital, wherever you are, the Bible says where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. And so we know that God is with us because we're here gathered in his name. And you know, we're going through a series as a church called Family Matters. And I'm so glad to be taking you through this. If you would like to participate, just give testimony to this or share. You can use our hashtag, hashtag Family Matters. Uh, throughout the whole week, uh, we, we, we have family conversations about that. And we're also going through the Simama experience as a church. Now, if you don't know about the Simama experience, it's a 10-week experience to help your family break the shackles that hold it back. And my goodness, uh, I just began. We had our first meeting uh, this last week with our family. And oh my goodness, it was I, I must be honest, it was, I was a little nervous getting into it, didn't know what to expect, but it was one of the, I would actually honestly say it was an incredible conversation, one of the best conversations I've had with my family members in a long time. We already just began to talk about things that I'd had no expectation we'd go that deep that quick. And I've had great conversations with my parents as a result of that. And I, I, I can already tell, if this is just week one, I have no doubt God's going to do some incredible things in my family as I walk through this experience with them. And we're encouraging every member of our congregation, walk through this journey with your family. If, you don't, if you're not part of it yet, just head over to our website, www.mavunochurch.org slash simama. And you'll be able to find all the information there that can help you uh, take your family through this simama experience. Now... Every family night, uh, every Wednesday night, we also have what we call family night and we just have a conversation where we talk about how Simama was the week before and what's coming up and it's a time of equipping but also praying together. So this, this Friday, uh, please check in 7.30 East Africa time, would love to have you with us. So I want to just begin right away by showing you a picture. So check out this picture on your screen right now and I want you, wherever you are with whoever you're with, just have this conversation. What are you seeing? What's in that picture for you? What are you seeing as you look at that picture? Come on, just take a minute right now. Uh, just call out. Call out to the people in the room you're with. What are you seeing? And whatever, the first person to see it, just shout it out if you're with others. Uh, what are you seeing? If you're alone, you can say it in your heart. But what are you seeing right now as you look at that picture? Uh, look at it intently and just see what your eyes see. Focus on it and see what your eyes see. Now, let me just ask as you're looking at it, how many of you can see an old man? You can see an old man in the picture. All right. Uh, if you call it out, well done. Uh, how many of you can see a young man in the picture? Come on. If you, some of you saw that young man. And if, you, if you're together in the room, just point out to the person with you what you saw. Because some of the people are looking like young man. I don't see any young man in that picture. Some of you are seeing an old man and you're like, I don't see an old. So just point out and show that person. Isn't it amazing <laughs> how two people can look at the exact same picture and see two different realities just because of what they are focusing on. And that's kind of what I want to talk about because it's not just a, a phenomenon that affects our physical eyes. It's also a, a, something that affects our spiritual eyes, how we see things spiritually. And I want us to look at two very brief uh, portions of Scripture today as we begin that help us begin to understand about this, the, way, the, way, the, the power of focus. That's actually the title of my message, The Power of Focus. So the first uh, Scripture I'm going to read today is Numbers chapter 13, verse 32 to 33. Numbers 13, verse 32 to 33. And it says this, it says, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. 
the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. And then let's look at the next reading. It's in Joshua chapter 2, verse 24. This is 40 years later. And again, uh, a report given. And it says, they say to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Now these two phrases have, these two, these two stories have a lot in common, at least at face value. Even though they are separated by 40 years in terms of uh, just, just uh, time, they are both lifted from classified government reports. They are both written after secret missions, spy missions. They are both written by secret agents from the same country spying on the same enemy. So, I mean, in that sense, they, they are really the same uh, kind of report. But that's where the similarity ends. The first report says, uh, concludes, our enemy is too strong for us. We have no chance against them. The second report concluded, our enemies have no chance against us. They are melting in fear because of us. And that's a question you ask. How could two groups of spies looking at the same reality come up with such different perceptions? The first group saw giants. They saw walled cities. They saw superior fighting technology. And they concluded they had no chance at all of winning. In fact, they said they, looked, they felt like grasshoppers in their own eyes. The second group of spies, 40 years later, they went to the exact same places. They saw the exact same giants, 40 years old. <laughs> they saw the same cities. They saw the same superior technology. And they concluded that their enemies had no chance against them. How could they both have such different perspectives? You see, I want to tell you this, that one group had a grasshopper mentality. The other group had a God-centered mentality. And that's what I want to talk about today as I speak about the power of focus. This week in the Simama experience, and, 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 and one of the earliest weeks of the Simama experience, you speak, we're going to be speaking about this man uh, called uh, Gideon. We're, we're going to be talking about how do we distinguish the truth from the lies about God, about ourselves, about others. And we'll be reading about this man uh, called Gideon who had been created. His purpose in life was to be a mighty warrior. His purpose in life, his God-given purpose was to lead God's people to destroy their enemies. His purpose was to inspire future generations for ages to come. In fact, children would be named after him. They're still being named after him today. <laughs> I'm sure you know somebody called Gideon. That was his purpose. But this great man had swallowed a lie. He felt, at least in his own eyes, that he was the least significant person from the least significant family in Israel. He felt alone. He felt abandoned by God. He felt that God was interested in blessing others, but not himself. This was his self-perception. This is what he was focusing on. And as a result, he had become a grasshopper in his own eyes. Just like the 10 spies, he was living in mediocrity, hiding in fear. I want to say this morning, and I want to put it to you, God's people, that too many of us are living in mediocrity and hiding in fear because we've focused on the enemy's lies. Too many members of our families are living in captivity, hiding in fear, far below their God-ordained purpose and destiny. We've settled for status quo about our families. That's just how my family is, Pastor. There's some things that will never change about them. 
We've settled for that status quo about ourselves. It's just the way I am. I'm too young. Nobody will ever listen to me. Nobody cares about me. I'm helpless to change my reality. And many of us walk around in life thinking this about ourselves. And you see, here's the thing you want to understand. That <laughs> the one thing that is true about our enemy is that he's the father of lies. Jesus' own words, John 8, 44, that's how Jesus described him, the father of lies. You know, he, doesn't, he never wants you to have an accurate picture of your reality, of yourself, of God, of your family. Why? Because Jesus said it best, John 8, 32, the truth shall set you free. <laughs> the truth will set you free. So of course your enemy doesn't want you to be set free. He doesn't want you to understand the truth about your situation. So how do we learn to distinguish between the truth and the lies in the world around us. Here's the important lesson that we can learn from our spies, 40 years di distant, different. Here's the important lesson we can learn from these two stories. It's a lesson that I believe will help some people today be set free from lies that have helped, held them captive and their families captive for generations. And here is the truth, I hope you're ready for it. This is what it is. What you focus on determines your destiny. What you focus on determines your destiny. Why do, what do I mean by this? You see, when I look at our families, when we look at our families, many of us cannot miss but see the giants. Some of you are so overwhelmed by the giants in your marriage that you've given up. You have no fight left in you. You see the mistrust. You see the arguments. You see the inability to work together. You see the betrayals. And your conclusion is, my goodness, there's nothing that will ever change about this marriage. Some of you, you look at your families and all you can see are the giants. You see the giants of poverty, the giants of strife, the giants of competition, giants of addiction and illness and lies and abuse. And you look at these families and you say, Pastor, you don't know my family. My family is special. There's nothing that can be done for them. They're not like other families. Now, listen, I'm not trying to tell you that your family is like other families. I'm not trying to tell you <laughs> that, that you should be more realistic, uh, that you should not be realistic or that you should ignore the challenges in your family. That's not what I'm saying today. But what I'm saying is this, that when you choose to focus on the giants, you lose sight of God's power. That's exactly what happened to these people. You see, focus is always a choice. What your eyes come across, you have no choice. But what you choose to focus on, you always have a choice. Joshua's two spies saw the same facts that their brothers, that, that, that their ancestors, their fathers had seen 40 years before. They saw the same cities, the same giants, the same weaponry. But despite the facts, these are the facts that they saw. They saw the same facts. But despite those facts, they chose to focus on the truth of God's word. What does that mean? God had promised this land to them. God had told Abraham he would give that land to them, their ancestor. He had told Moses he was leading them into that land of milk and water. He had told them in his word that this was theirs. And so they looked at all the giants, but instead of focusing on the giants, they focused on the truth of God's word. They knew that God had promised to give them the land. You see, having a God-centered mentality is not about denying the facts. It's about confronting the facts with the truth of God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is what I mean then when I'm saying, what you focus on determines your destiny. I hope there are some teenagers listening to me today. 
my goodness, there's so much around you that is lying to you about who you are. There's so much that is lying to you about your identity right now. So much in the media that is telling you that you're what you earn or you're how many likes you have. That is telling you that how, many, how popular you are is who, what determines what you are on the inside. Those are lies. Don't focus on that. Focus on the truth of God's word. You see, when you have a grasshopper mentality, you see yourself differently. You see yourself all messed up. You think you're powerless, grasshopper. Whereas God has called you a mighty warrior. There's a purpose you have that none of your friends can see. That's why they don't appreciate it. But this is who God says you are. When you have a grasshopper mentality, you see God all wrong. You see God as distant, as harsh, as aloof, as absent, as not understanding you. Whereas the truth is that he's your source. He's your good father. He loves you. He made you for purpose. He made you for greatness. This is your father. He's your present help in times of trouble. When you have a grasshopper mentality, you see all your family members wrong. You give up on your family. You see them as the enemy. Whereas the truth is that the real enemy is hiding outside. Rejoicing in the strife in your family. Rejoicing in the mess in your family. You see, this is, this is, this is such a powerful thing. When, when, when the, enemy, the enemy loves it. I've seen that in my family. I've seen that in my extended family. Where people don't talk to each other for a long time. People are in enmity because of something so small that happened years ago. And people see each other as the enemy, whereas the enemy out there is just rejoicing at the brokenness because the enemy hates your family. You need to understand this. You see, when you have a grasshopper mentality, you become the roadblock that keeps your family from ever achieving its God-given purpose. Because of the report of the 10 spies, Israel was destroyed. They weren't able to go into their promised land. A whole generation died in the wilderness, just meandering for 40 years because these 10 spies gave a negative report, the power of a negative confession. You know, that's the interesting thing because Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can kill people with your tongue. You can kill your dreams with your tongue. You can kill your family's dreams with your tongue. What you focus on determines your destiny. So how do we move away from this grasshopper mentality and move into a God-centered mentality? You know, a God-centered mentality is about standing on God's promises and taking him at his word. I love this scripture about Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. And here's what it says. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Those were the facts. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, the truth, but was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Listen, you look at that situation. You look at your children in rebellion. You look at your husband in his mess that he's in. You look at the squabbles between your brothers and your family members. You look at the spirit of poverty that has afflicted their thinking. And you say, these are the facts. But I know the truth of God's word is that all things work for the good of those who love him. And because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose, my family will have a different destination. This is confronting the facts with the truth of God's word. A God-centered mentality is about understanding the power of your words, not calling out death through your words, but calling out life, calling out the things that are not in your family as if they were, and trusting God that he will use your words to have creative power because you're made in God's image.
A God-centered mentality is about praying boldly for your family. I want to encourage you as we walk through Simama to do this. No more beggarly prayers of, please God, help my brother. No, we need to pray prayers that have agreed with what God has already called your brother to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4 says, For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. You see, the fact said it was impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have children. The truth of God's word was that God had promised it. This is what I stand on. I don't stand on the facts. I stand on the truth of God's word when it comes to my family. You know, here's the thing I want to conclude with. I want to just say this. God loves your family. We talked about that last week. He's a good father. He loves your family. He created you in his image. He poured his Holy Spirit in each of you. You are beloved in his sight. This is God pouring his spirit in you and making you unmarred, beautiful, perfect. This is who he created you to be. But you know what happens? Sin comes in because we are people of sin. And sin begins to bring arguments and dissensions and disagreements. And very soon what happens? the beautiful clarity that was in your family becomes clouded. And all of a sudden, what was supposed to be amazing is now painful. You don't want to see each other anymore. There's suspicion and doubts and mistrust and hatred and fighting. People are seeing themselves negatively. It's negative self-esteem. Our family never amounts to much. This is the devil's lies. And sometimes people choose to focus on the truth and this on the facts and this becomes your truth now because it begins to determine your reality. But here's what we're saying through Simama. As you're going to go, be going through Simama, you're going to find that the, the truth of God's word is boldly proclaimed. There are prayers there that you can begin to proclaim God's truth over your family. And you know what begins to happen as you proclaim God's truth over your family? Here's what happens. God's Holy Spirit, through his truth, begins to come, begins to come in. And he begins to bring in his word. His word is truth. And the truth begins to come in and to confront the facts of your family's life. And you begin to say, you know what, I don't care if my husband has been called an alcoholic. The Bible says that he's a spiritual head, that he will be a priest of this home. I don't care if my children are being called failures. The Bible says that we will be the head and not the tail. I don't care if my marriage looks like a shambles. I believe that we will be a hope for all nations, that we will be the ones who spread the gospel to others. I don't care if people think we will never amount to much. We will be 10 times wiser. That's what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. As I begin to proclaim God's word, God's word begins to wash out the, the lies in my family. It begins to wash out the lies in my life. I'm not a failure. I'm not, I'm not this person who is hopeless. I'm not this millennial who will commit suicide like my generation. I am who God says I am. And guess what begins to happen? Oh my goodness. Clarity begins to come. Power begins to come back into your family. The love that you were created for begins to come back into your family. Relationships and joy begin to come in. Listen, this is a power of God's truth. It may not be an instant fix. These may be prayers that you're going to start praying now and you're going to pray for the next few years. But God is faithful. The truth will always displace the lies of the enemy. And one day, this is what we're saying our family will be. Everything that God created us to be. Somebody give glory to God right now. Begin to say amen.
If you're on Facebook right now, if you're on Instagram, begin to say, yes, Lord. I declare this over my family. Somebody needs to say a proclamation over my family. My family will be saved in Jesus' name. I declare the truth of God's word over my family. We will be who God says we will be. Come on, somebody. Don't let somebody else proclaim for their family and you're silent right now. Begin to accept what God has said about you. Some teenager right now needs to begin to say, I am who God says I am. I'm not a failure. I'm not powerless. I'm not hated by others. I'm not the least in my family. I'm actually the one who will bring hope and blessing to this family. Somebody needs to begin to stand on God's word over themselves. All things, the Bible says, in all things, God is working for the good. I know things have happened wrong in my life. I know I've been a failure. I know I've, I've, I've betrayed others. I know I've brought pain to others. But listen, this is not my story. Those are the facts. But the truth of God's word is my God is a God of a second chance. Somebody needs to begin to declare that over your life right now. My God is a God of a second chance. I may be called the dark sheep of my family, but by God's grace, I will be the one who stands up like Joseph and I will bring salvation to this family. Why? Because God created me. Before when I was in my mother's womb, he put purpose in me and I will live out the purpose that God has called me to. Somebody needs to begin to proclaim this right now. So, so, so tell me somebody, what are you focusing on right now? Are you focusing on your limitations? the things that you can't do? Or are you focusing on who God says you are? Are you so focused on the fact of the things that your family is limited by? Or are you focusing on the truth that you are children of God and that you are a child of God, that you are able to bring hope to that family? It's time to stop cursing yourselves. It's, stop, it's time to stop saying, I can't, we can't, we never will be, I will never make it. It's time to stop making those negative declarations. It's time to begin to say, I'm a child of God. Yes, I can, because God says I can. And it's time for you to begin to say, I'm free, because God has set me free. Listen, the Bible says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. I want us to make that declaration right now. In this next few seconds, I want you to just begin to declare. Some of you even need to stand off from where you're sitting right now and begin to say, who the Son has set free is free indeed. I am chosen by God. This is who I am. Begin to declare for yourself. If you're sitting, just put your hand on your head right now. Begin to say, I'm a child of God. Begin to declare it right now. who he says he is listen it doesn't matter what the world says about you it doesn't matter what people think about you what we are saying today is that the truth of God's Word is more powerful than anything else any fact in the culture around you I just want to speak over somebody here today 
I want to speak over somebody listening right now who's saying, listen, I, I, I understand that I've had a grasshopper mentality. I understand that I've seen my family all wrong. I understand that my view of God has been all wrong, all messed up. I understand that my view of myself has been messed up. And today you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I want to just confess a wrong view of myself, of God, of others. And I want to pray that God would deliver me and give me a God-centered mentality. And if you're here, I want to just pray for you right now. There's somebody else who's here who's saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe for the first time, you begin to understand that you've been listening to a voice in your head that tells you you cannot be saved. You're not good enough. You will never deserve it. Listen, the truth is none of us deserve it. All of us are sinners. But the Bible tells us that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And when Jesus comes into your life, He's able to take anything. It doesn't matter how far you've been from Him. It doesn't matter what you've done to displease God. God's blood, Jesus' blood is much greater than anything you could ever have done. And I believe right now there's somebody who's saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Let me just pray for you right now in a second. Dear Jesus, I want you to say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now to give you my life. Forgive my sin. Forgive my rebellion. Forgive my trying to do it on my own strength. From today, Lord, I choose to give my life to you. Come into my life and make me the person that you created me to be. Help me to have purpose and to bring your purpose to my family. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody give glory to God. Hey, if you prayed that prayer right now, I want you to just send us a message, send us an SMS, send us a text to Mavuno Church, info at mavunochurch.org. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to send you some resources to help you grow. I also want to just say over you, who has had a grasshopper mentality, but right now the Lord is delivering you from a grasshopper mentality. Right now the Lord is replacing your negative self-image with a God-sized image. Right now you're beginning to see yourself as God sees you. The, the, the webs of deceit are being removed in your family right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that the truth of God is setting you free. I bless you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say it together, Amen. Amen. To God be the glory.